today's scripture is Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Marielle. Good morning. It's good to see you all here and to be together. In 2012, a mo movie came out called The Vow. Um, how many of you have heard of that movie or know it? The Vow, it had Channing Tatum and Ra Ra Rachel McAdams starred in it. I don't even know who those people are, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> Some of you might, though, and you might know all about them and know all the details and know that. And it might just seem like just another, like, romantic story. But uh, some of you in this room actually might know a guy named Jamie Pappas. He's an Arizona alum, so enough said. Good, good for him. But uh, Jamie actually was on staff with Crew, Campus Crusade for Christ, and then now, now Crew for a number of years. And my wife and I got to know him, and... Uh, right around that time, 2012, we learned, uh, I was actually at a, at a, at a kind of a, a campus, you know, leaders gathering, and Jamie came all dressed up, and he had just come from the premiere of that mo movie, and it's like, wow, you know, I didn't know your buddy with all these people, or what, what's the deal? Well, that movie was based on his sister's story. And some of the backdrop of the story is uh, her family, they were in a, in a horrible car accident. And because of this accident, because of serious brain trauma, she suffered from amnesia. She, she forgot who she was. She remembered m much of her backstory, but not some of it, including her marriage. And so she didn't rem remember that she was married. She didn't r recognize her, her husband. 
And so this whole mo movie, like Hollywood does, is often the case. Not every detail is accurate or exactly, you know, the same. But, but the story is based on that, that true story that, that she forgot who she was. And that dramatically impacted her life, how she lived her life. And something that's true of all of us in this room is we're prone to forgetting who we are. And, and then as a result, that impacts our lives. Because we don't know ourselves, or we think we do, or we forget who we are, we then in turn live in some kind of way that's not in line with who we are. And as we get into this new book together, it's a letter from Paul to a group of people, a church in Colossians, and he's wanting them to remember who they are. He says, remember this. It's like, it, hopefully you hear throughout the whole time, there's a tone of love, of compassion, of like hands on the shoulders saying, this is who you are. Remember who you are so that you can live accordingly. Remember whose you are. You belong to Jesus. So through that, you have been set free to be able to live all of life, all for Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm excited for these next 10 weeks that we get to be together in this letter of Colossians. Uh, before, before I pray and we get into it together, um, if I haven't met you before or you're, or you're new here, my name's Dave. I'm the lead pastor here. And um, if you're even wondering, I've had some examples already. I stutter. It's not that I'm cold, though I am. Uh, you might be cold too. And just remember that we will be longing for this feeling uh, soon, in like two days. Okay, so embrace it. Like, enjoy the coldness uh, together. So as we get into Colossians, um, somebody prayed about this earlier this morning before we all began here, prayed, and this is a, a powerful letter. It's a letter written from uh, a couple of people, kind of a, like a church planter, pastor, and his like a, a apprentice or disciple, and they are writing to a group of people, and, and, and it's, it's powerful. And um, uh, I think was shared earlier, James shared it earlier, I, I want to share something with you. If you, I would encourage you to get this. You don't need to get the hard copy, um, this kind of physical copy. Again, this costs $6, which is just the cost to pr print it. So um, we have some of these available at the Connect Desk. If you want to get one, I encourage you to get one. But also the, the PDF, is, as James said, is available. I'd encourage all of you in small groups, families, different people, download the PDF or get the, get the hard copy. It's, it's good. And um, let me share something just to kind of set the tone for us as we get into Colossians together. I think we have it up here on the screen. At Redemption Church, we continually say all of life is all for Jesus. As Christians, the person of Jesus Christ should be so central in our lives, so essential to our identities, so shaping of our characters, and so treasured in our hearts that he begins to live through us moment by moment in all the areas of life we encounter. And then it goes on to say, that's why the book of Colossians is such an important book for us to 
Cuddy. In this brief letter, we get exposed time and again to the glorious supremacy, or we'll walk through that word, but another word that we don't use that a ton in our day is authority. Okay, the glorious authority of Jesus Christ and the implications of living for him. That's kind of the big idea throughout Colossians that we'll see. So Luke Simmons, uh, the lead pastor at Redemption Gateway, put this little booklet together and it's a great gift. So uh, without further ado, will you join me in Colossians? If you have a copy of God's Word, turn there with me as we dive into the first 14 verses together. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, I want you to be able to follow along and track along. So um, will you hold your hand up and keep it up and we will get you one, okay? We have copies here, so we want to make sure you have one. Y en español, si quiere la Biblia y no tiene, por favor, levante su mano y diga español. Y si no tiene una Biblia, uh, eso es un regalo uh, a usted. Uh, again, this is our gift to you if you don't have a copy of God's Word. Um, please keep it, put your name in it, underline stuff, and uh, be grown and shaped and transformed as God speaks to us each time we open His Word. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning, this time together right now, where we are in this moment. I know a, a group of men from here were up camping on Mount Lemon uh, last night and came, came in even right here this morning. Hopefully, maybe took a shower first, but are here. And um, Lord, so ma many of us are coming from different places this morning. Some of us grieving, some of us rejoicing, some of us both and or somewhere in between. And so we pray that by your spirit, you speak to us this morning and throughout these 10 weeks, as we humbly and submissively come before you and ask you to shape us as your people. We pray, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. So Colossians, pick up with me. It's um, a few books into the New Testament. And if you get confused um, the, how the order of some of these go, think of go eat popcorn. I'm sure there are other ones, but Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and you get into 1st and 2nd Thessalonians and 1st and 2nd Timothy. But also, if you don't want to memorize all that or whatever, there's no shame going to the table of contents and looking for it. I, true story, still do this to this day. And certain things like, where is that? What comes first? Just go there. Nothing to prove, nobody to impress. Amen? All right. Let's get into it. Colossians 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God in Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. So a couple things really quickly about Colossae, the city of Colossae. It's, it's not on the coast like many of the places that Paul writes to because likely um, those are places he went to. He would travel in different what are called missionary journeys and he would go and start a church and then he would move on kind of typically by ship and would sail on to a different place and then would plant a new church and usually he didn't wait until everything was neat and tidy and perfect. He left and then there was all kinds of mess happened like we experience even today and then he would write back and be like, okay, you've gone afoul, let me kind of steer you back here, um, you know, stop doing this, stop doing that, this is what it looks like, and then he would kind of move on. Well, Colossians, um, Paul didn't plant. 
this church. In fact, he likely didn't know them. He never met them. He'd never been there as to kind of come alongside this church, but he still writes to them. And so we even wonder, well, why? Another important thing to know about him is Colossians would not have made any headlines today. They wouldn't have been in Christianity today. They wouldn't have been the, you know, some podcast or blog about 10 easy steps to make your church bigger and better and, you know, all this stuff more attractive. Colossians was really unimpressive. It was likely a, a, a church of about 20 or so people, like a small church that met in, in homes, in a home. It, it wasn't this glamorous, you know, group of pe- people by any means. And yet, um, something we love to say, there are no little places, no little people. I especially like that part, the little people, right? No, there, but it, it, according to God's economy of favor, there, it's not the biggest, the most glamorous, the most exciting, the most eloquent, whatever it is. It's, it, it, there's something significant about what it means to find our identity in Christ. And that was true of this Colossian church and, and just in God's goodness and even sense of hu- humor in some ways uh, we all know we're all looking at this group of people and learning about them today who probably would compare themselves to their neighbors to other towns and just think we're pretty insignificant but but uh, just kind of sit in, in that in that goodness I think it's it's encouraging but also Paul goes on to encourage them he speaks into their I Identity. Even having never heard of them, look at verse 3. He just, he, he's, this, bold, this whole section, by the way, is a series of he's kind of praying and teaching at the same time. So he says, we always thank God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this You have heard before the word of the truth, the gospel. That means good news, right? You've probably heard that word and you'll hopefully hear it a lot more. It simply means good news in Jesus Christ. Which has come to you as indeed the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Paul is affirming their identity. He's saying, I've heard all these things about you. Remember who you are. You are right up there earlier and he said, you're, you're, you're holy. That means like set apart. You're, you're faithful. You, you are bearing fruit. You're showing good works out of who you are. Remember who you are. He starts out by speaking into who they are. That's a significant theme. He has some things to correct, okay, that we'll see here in a moment. Some things that they're not getting exactly right, but but he doesn't just start there and shame them and browbeat them. He starts with, remember who you are. If you forget who you are, you will go astray. And because you've forgotten who you are, you've gone astray in some ways. So I'm not just going to get to all the symptoms and kind of do all this, do this, don't do that. But I want to first call you back. Remember who you are. Now, again, remember, Paul's never met them. I think we we can learn some things here. One thing is this. When someone asks you to pray for their aunt Ruth, 
right? He's got to got to get her wisdom teeth extracted and somewhere in I don't know Podunk, Idaho. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, cool. I'll I'll pray for for that, right? And just move on and maybe throw up a cursory prayer, move on, and then maybe there's something even more consequential. I think we can learn from this something that I'm a little bit convicted that when we prayed for, I actually forget the name already. I know it's Foursquare Church, but some of you probably, right, you're better than me. Congratulations. You remember the name. I'm sure James does. He's the one who prayed for him. Right, but we, we prayed for another church here in town. And it can feel like, oh, somewhere out there, you know, what is that? Somewhere out there. <laughs> Some Disney show. But... Right, we're thinking, oh, they're out there, some other group of people, who are they, not important, whatever, we're just concerned with us, I'm all about me and mine, people closer to me. But something we see here in Paul that's sincere, he's not just mustering this up. When we pray for people in Ukraine, when we pray for other churches, when we pray for, let me say there, people in Russia as well, right, probably followers of Jesus in Russia who are torn and conflicted and in Ukraine and wherever here in the U.S., here, all over the world, right? There, there's, there's a conflict, there's a, and, and we pray for other people and we, do we pause and consider, what if I was in their shoes? What, what, what would it feel like right now? What would life look like in their shoes? That I think when we walk with Jesus and we remember our identity in him, a deeper concern for others even others we've never met, is produced and is something we can, we can grow in. But also look at how Paul and Timothy learned about this church, this group of ragtag followers of Jesus in Colossae, this kind of unimpressive new church. In verse 7, picking up in verse 7 and 8, all right, he says, uh, let me find it here, by the way. I forgot my glasses up here. In verse 7, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. When is the last time you or I gossiped good about others? Right? When, when's the last time that you've never heard of someone and then the first time you learned about them, or maybe you met them, and you're like, I've heard about you. That it's not like, oh, man, I heard this and that about you. I heard, oh, we, we had a prayer time, and someone threw out a prayer and kind of snuck in a little bit of gossip about you in the context of prayer. And, oh, now I look at you sideways a little bit because I know about, I know what you said. I know what you do. I know how you treat people. I know this. I know that, right? And... But we learn here, like, what would it look like as followers of Jesus if more often than being known for being gossips, for talking trash about people, right, talking behind people's backs, if, if, if we were quicker to say, right, if you met um, the Johnsons, and there are probably many of you are named Johnson, but I'm thinking a couple of the Johnsons in here, and, and you thought, I've heard about them. They are really hospitable. They are right. Amen. They open their home. They don't celebrate a holiday without in seeing who needs somewhere to go. Oh, I know about them. Oh, I know about the Harrises. They are really caring. You can't talk to them without feeling cared for. 
You, oh, have you, have you heard about these people? They're incredibly generous. Have you heard about the Bizers? Oh, she's such a great cook, and she loves to just bless people with her cooking, her gift of cooking. Of, you know, I could walk through so many different people in here. I'm just looking at you, and I'm even getting choked up as I think about it in some cases. Um, Marielle, I don't know if you had allergies or were getting choked up. I usually blame my emotion on allergies, but I think you actually had allergies, maybe right here. But, right, it's like we, 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 we boast people, as I just called out Marielle, I'll say she's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. You get that and when she reads scripture, but also you just talk to her and you just feel like, wow, she is genuinely kind. Gentleness and kindness, fruits of the Holy Spirit. Right, we could spend the rest of the sermon hopefully just talking about people some of you have never met. Hopefully you're thinking, oh, I want to meet the Johnsons. I want to meet, you know, these different people. I want to talk with the Harris. I want to be, I want someone to be kind to me. I want to, you know, it's, but sadly so often that's not how we do it. And I've, I'm even convicted as I think about that. It's usually because of how I feel about myself. I forget who I am. And so as a result, I feel a need to put others down. I have everything to prove and everyone to impress. And so I use opportunities. But we see even right out of the gates here that Paul and this, belo- this faithful brother, Epaphras, Ap- has been encouraging. He's been sharing some good things about these group of people. And so Paul writes to them. He sits down with Timothy and they write a letter. He is a gossip of good. What, what if that's something that we seek to develop among us as a c- c- community, as a church? And then as Paul goes on, he reminded them who they are, these good things. This is who you are. But then he continues on. He says, so remember who you are in order to live in light of who you are as followers of Jesus. In verse 9, he says, right, this is who you are, these things. And he says, for this reason... Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So that, you can underline that, it's always helpful when you're walking through, through the Bible. If there's a the, therefore, ask, what is that therefore? Right? So that, okay, what came before that, because what's, what's following it is probably important. Right? I pray that you have all knowledge of his will, God's will, through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, the Holy Spirit, so that you may what? Live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So, couple things that word knowledge is important here because one of the things that this church is tempted because they forget who they are and whose they are they're tempted by this group called the gnostics all right like g-n-o-s-i-t-i-c-s right gnostic from the word gnosis which is knowledge and he's using this word in greek gnosis but this is true knowledge because the Gnostics were a group of people who said we have special saving knowledge that you need access to and you get that access by being close to us by being a part of our club by knowing our secret handshake likely by 
giving money, doing certain things. And if you do these things, then you'll be set. Then you'll be okay. And this young Colossian church was tempted to stray, to forget whose they are. They belong to Jesus by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, according to his scriptures alone. Okay, by the power of his Holy Spirit alone. They're, they're, they'd be tempted to hear, oh, kind of, I, I need some other things that this group can offer me. Now, before we look down our noses, kind of have historical, like, hierarchy or arrogance, and we look back, oh, we have Gnostics today. I'd be, I would even suggest that many of us um, are, have kind of groups of Gnostics that we kind of, kind of give ourselves to oh this group of of people before i read any book before i listen to any sermon before i go to any church i go to this website and i make sure they're approved of before i uh before i i check whether something is is true or not i go and see if this podcast approves of it or or not and now yes there is i want to encourage us to be discerning and wise Okay, that's not to say don't be discerning, don't be wise, don't, don't look through things and, and, and submit them before God and say, is this true or not? But sometimes we form these little tribes and these groups and, and, and the gospel, okay, the person and work of Jesus isn't central. We don't run everything through that grid, but we actually set up these walls. There's a phrase called being boundary set. We have these, these kind of secondary theologies that we say, well, if you get through these walls, then I approve of you. If you don't, sometimes we even like toss out the word heresy way too quickly. We're like, oh, you can't, like some of us might even have thought, well, we just prayed for a four square church. Can we do that in here? I don't know. They have different theology than us on some kind of things. Like they have different beliefs about the work of the Holy Spirit and some of these things and, and how he works and when he works. And I don't know. That's different from, from us. And, and, and we do have a grid for who we pray for, by the way. But it's probably not as strict or as stringent as many of us have grown more comfortable with. Uh-oh. Come on, somebody. <laughs> alone, Right? We, we see... We see the call to walk through and to remember who we are based on Christ. The person and work and authority of Jesus. So he goes on, he says, I pray that you will have knowledge. Not knowledge that comes from all these different people, from this podcast, from that website, from that group of people, from that, that you know, the left and the right, right? We all do this stuff. It says, but that comes from the Spirit. How do we know the Spirit First and foremost, from the word. The word that he gives. We submit everything to the spirit. And then we pray for the spirit to give us wisdom and discernment. And he says, remember who you are so that. Have this knowledge. Why? So that you may live according, worthy to what it looks like to be followers of Jesus. Okay, there's, there's again identity driven. So that you will live this kind of way. Some of us think of knowledge and it's just up here in our heads. It's just, oh, I can check all the boxes. I know all the right words, all the right things. But hear me, Kate. Knowledge that is fruitless, knowledge that doesn't show up in life is hollow. 
is empty, is, is, is futile, is not honoring to Christ. I think in, in our context, that needs to settle in with us because some of us think, we're, oh, I'm all about knowing all the right things intellectually. But if it doesn't show up in your life, if it's not evidence in your relationship, and then from there, your relationships. It's all, okay, are you tracking with me? If I asked you, tell me about your spouse. Tell me about your wife. Tell me about your parents. Tell me about your, 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 your close friends or your roommates. And you tell me all the facts, right? You know all the facts, all the details. You tell me all the stuff. And I could recite back to you, okay, your wife, I'm talking about mine now. Is, okay, she's from Phoenix. We've been married almost 20 years. We, you know, have four kids. We have these things. And then you get to know me. And, you, and over time, all the facts don't actually show up in my relationships. Don't, uh, there's no evidence. You, you never see her. You never see me relate with her. Or maybe you do see me relate with her. And it's not in a way that would reveal a healthy spousal relationship. It's, oh, but I got all the facts right. I got all the details right. What does that matter, right? That would be ridiculous, right? If I interacted with other women in a way that didn't honor my wife, then all the knowledge, all the facts doesn't matter. That, that the same is true in our knowledge of Jesus. If we have all the facts straight, but it doesn't show up in our real lives, then perhaps we've forgotten who we are, or maybe we never knew it to begin with. And, and look to, church, how Paul goes about this. Again, I want to remind us, he uses loving correction right P parents i'll use another illustration or metaphor hopefully this doesn't hit too close to home when you're parenting and your kid does something wrong whatever it is right they spill something they knock something over they kick a sibling or whatever it is you know or something worse right as they get older it's something that's like it, hopefully none of us would parent them and say i thought you were my son I thought you were my son. I thought you were my daughter. I guess not. Right? That's not what Paul does here. He says, remember who you are. What if our parenting looked like, even from a very young age, hey, I know who you are. You've grown up in this home. Not a, in my house, under my rules, you do this and that. But a, we, we, we do mess up in this house. But when we do, we own it. We say we're sorry. When we're tempted to run away from each other and, and slam doors, we no, we move toward each other because God moved toward us when we were running away from him. Now we're set free to be able to move toward each other, even if it's going to hurt, even if it's going to be difficult. Paul says, remember who you are. And then he brings it home in these last verses, verses um, 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Freedom from bondage to sin. 
freedom from slavery. I love when Joel prayed, and he and I didn't necessarily trade notes before this. At the beginning, when he was praying through the confession and assurance of grace and walked through a list of things, and, 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 and it was things that we, we, we forget who we are, so we in turn go and pursue other things, right? He said, from, from purity to lust, right? From freedom to slavery. If you've put your faith in Jesus, hear me now, you have been set free. You are free. You can never be put in bondage again. But some of us right now are probably thinking, but I feel like I'm in bondage. You don't know me. You don't know my story. You don't know that. And I'll just use some examples that we do. Whatever it is, maybe it's anger, right? Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's, it's, it's greed, and it's, and, it's, and it's, oh, I just so quickly go to it. I try not to do it. I try to do my business practices in an honoring way. But, man, when someone disrespects me, then it's like all bets are off. And I go right back to it. And I just hustle and, 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 and bob and weave. And I try to win. And I try to get as every last cent I can. Or, no, you don't know. I've made so many promises that I'll stop looking at pornography. And, and, and I've, I've, I've got a, I've got rubber bands that I snap myself and I've got all kinds of filters and I do this but you don't understand I, it's like I'm enslaved to it I try not to or or I go this I, I, I run to worry and anxiety and I hate it and I try not to and I I've memorized all these verses and I say all these things but you don't understand and and, and let me say I, I I do I'm right there with you just yesterday, I had an interaction that, with someone, a, a stranger, that I just was torn up over and was like, man, why is that so much my first flinch? Why do I do the things I don't want to do and not do the things I do want to do, as Paul says in Romans 7 and 8? But, but, but his message here is it's because you forget who you are. All right, it's like this, we're all, because of sin, and sin is not God, sin is slavery to doing the things we don't want to do. Because of Jesus, it's like we, we had a ball and chain around our ankle. We were enslaved, we couldn't walk, we're constantly stuck to it. And what happened is the gospel, Jesus' death and re resurrection from the dead, severed that chain. We can, it can never be, be reattached, but what we do because we forget that we've been set free, we pick up the ball. So we're now walking around. And his, his message is, no, remember you're free. Lay it all down. Let go and surrender. Jesus has rescued you. You have been redeemed. And so now, church, uh, before I, I pray, I want to kind of set the stage a little bit for a, a gift of God that we all get to participate in, in baptism. The baptism is a very clear picture, a reminder. It is an external declaration of an internal faith, but it's so much more than that. It's a gift of God to remember who we are in Christ Jesus. So in a moment, when we come forward and Elliot's going to walk us through the response and you, we're going to come forward and circle around up here and gather around here, there's some, some dots that I want to make sure I connect of what's happening. If you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you, if you're a follower of Jesus, to be baptized. Here is water. What is preventing you? 
It's a gift. It's a gift for you and it's a gift for the entire congregation. So what will happen is someone who's being baptized will come up here and will be asked a series of questions, three questions that are basically the gospel. Do you believe you're created in God's image to live all of life, all for him? Uh, your identity and your purpose set and anchored in him, but sin, you've, because of sin, you've chosen, and because of your nature, you've turned away from him. And, 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 the, and, the, and the consequence of that is, is, is death, is separation from God and judgment. Yes, and then you go over here and you hear, do you understand that Jesus is God's only and sufficient provision for your sin? And do you understand that by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, your sins are forgiven? Yes. And then you were asked, do you understand that he has sent the Holy Spirit to fill you and to empower you to live all of life, all for Jesus, all of your days? And then when the person gets into the horse trough that has never been used as that, so we'll call it the baptism tank, <laughs> right? They will sit in here, and it's cold, it's uncomfortable, and even that is a reminder of what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. But it's also good. And then the person is told before they're baptized, remember that through confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, the old is gone, the new has come. You are now dead to sin. You've been set free from it. And then you are alive again to new life through faith in Jesus. You're baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's the good news. That's the gospel. And so these people who are being baptized will, will walk through that process. And it's a gift to them. Church, our, our encouragement to us is that we would live this way for, for parents. This is how we parent. We will remind our kids who they are. Not, I thought you were my kid, but... Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. If they've been baptized, you've been baptized. The old is gone, the new has come. Live into your identity. If we have friends that are straying and walking away, we don't just go into, oh, you did this wrong, you did this wrong. We say, hey, remember who you are. It seems like you've picked up that ball again. It seems like you're living in light of your old self. What would it look like for us to live as a community this way? If you are a follower of Jesus and you've been baptized, celebrate. Remember your baptism. Remember your baptistic identity. Walk through the good news of what Jesus has done for you and who he's made you to be. So let's pray together and then we'll respond and continue. Again, Father, thank you for the gift of Jesus most of all. You demonstrate your love for us and that while we're yet sinners, Jesus died for us. Though we were running away, you first loved us so that now, in response to your love, we can live lives of love. We can love you and we can love others. Lord, I, I pray for those who are being baptized today who planned on it. Lord, I pray for others who might be here who've never been baptized as, 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 as f followers of Jesus. Lord, I, I pray that all of us will celebrate, will worship, will remember who we are so that we can live all of life 
in light of the gift that you've given of life through faith in Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.